0: Hey there, I'm Brooke Jefferson, host of the Bookmore Clients Photography Podcast. I'm a wife, mama to two, lifestyle photographer, and marketing strategist. I help photographers build a five-figure business through systems and relationship building. You can find me sipping on a whiskey and coke, listening to podcasts, and binge watching the latest series on Netflix. I created this podcast with the aspiring photographer in mind. I bring you tried and true strategies, tips and tricks to book more clients, and inspiring interviews. Are you ready to frame your way to your dream career? Let's dive in. Okay, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show today. Will you go ahead and introduce yourself to my listeners?
1: Sure. My name is Katie Farrow and I am a mama of three small kids. My oldest is four and a half and my youngest is rounding up to one now. I am a CPA. I run a bookkeeping business and educate entrepreneurs on how to keep track of their numbers and now also coach bookkeepers as well. So I'm a little multifaceted at this point. (laughs)
0: Oh my goodness. I love that. All the things that I am passionate about and that I love in my business because I'm a nerd about numbers and tracking. However, for everybody else, they probably just went, Oh gosh, we have to talk about that stuff. Yes, we are. We are (laughs) talking about the things that you need to be tracking in your business. But the great thing is we're talking about making money, which is so exciting. (laughs) Yes. Love it. Okay. So The first thing I want to dive into is I want to talk about what is profit and maybe some of the common mistakes especially that photographers are thinking of when they think about profit. I know in the very beginning when I was charging $50, I was like, yes, I just made $50, not realizing I actually made zero after all the travel and the time and the um, software I was using and all of that. So Katie, I'd love for you to introduce us into what is profit and what does that mean to us?
1: Yes, profit is really what I'm so, so passionate about. And I care about profit because profit is the thing that changes your life. It's not sales. It's how much you actually keep. And before I dive into what profit is, like the being profitable in your business, having enough to keep your lights on and run your house and hire people and, you know, make an impact in the world is really it's just essential. Like you can't run a business without a profit because eventually if you're not profiting, you're going to have to shut it down. So you're going to have to stop doing that thing that you love. You're going to have to stop spreading joy to other people. And you're, you're not going to be able to continue to do it long term because if your business isn't more than sustaining itself, it's coming from somewhere and it's it's not sustainable. So profit is what you're left with of your sales after you finish paying everything that it takes to run your business. So the formula for profit is really simple. It's just sales minus expenses equals profit. And expenses are any cost of doing your business. So like you just mentioned, the parking, if you're going to a park to take a shoot or you know a venue and you need to pay for that parking, that is an expense of doing business. You didn't pay for parking for fun. You paid for parking for the purpose of going to the shoot to make money. So that's kind of the the test. Did you make this purchase for the purpose of making income is what an expense generally is. And um, so you have to factor in all of those different costs, the softwares, like you mentioned, the, the materials that you need to deliver, the courses that you take to learn your skill. All of that is expenses of running your business and even like registering your business, all of those things have costs and eat away from your sales. And if you're not careful, it can absolutely go below and you can be losing money running your business. So profit is what you need to pay attention to. And one thing that I really talk about a lot is like, okay, if you're not profiting, what can you do about it? So there's a couple of ways to increase your profit, which is either simply increase your sales or cut your costs. And it tends to be that your costs are pretty much what they are. And I'm not like a nickel and dime kind of person when it comes to the business. You really have to invest in those things that I mentioned, You know, learning and and honing your skills in order to become valuable enough and in order to put yourself out there and learn the skills that you need to grow your business. But you do wanna take a look at your expenses and make sure that you're not paying for things that you're either not using or that aren't bringing you the value that you thought. A lot of times this can be subscriptions. They can be the softwares that you mentioned. Maybe you did a free trial and you didn't mean to continue to pay, but it's coming out of your bank account and you're not noticing. That can happen easily these days with how many like, online subscriptions there are for low dollar amounts, but they really add up. The other thing is if you have looked at your expenses and you've cut them down as much as you reasonably can, you know that everything that you're paying for you're using, but you're still not profiting enough, you need to increase your sales. And that is one of two ways, either by reaching more people, which you'll tap out at at some point, or by increasing your prices, which is typically where most people need to go. And we just talked about this a little bit, but when you increase your price to the amount, you know, that you need to become profitable, you don't just do that arbitrarily. You need to make sure that you're adding enough value to justify that price. And then most importantly, to conveying that value to your customers. So you can probably speak on how photographers can add value to increase prices.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. So uh, whenever I am doing the one-on-one mentorships or my coaching clients are working with me, literally the number one topic we talk about first is pricing and offers. And the reason we do that is because I just have a way of crafting each and every photographer's offers and packages in a way that, like you just said, gets them to what they need to be making. Because obviously, we don't pull numbers out of thin air or we don't look at what Susie down the street is charging. We have to look at our lifestyles, our goals our expenses, which is huge. Um, And if you're not calculating your cost of doing business, that is what we're talking about. And you need to absolutely examine that. And so I find ways to add value and also get your clients to look at your packages and decide Um, that they need to go with your highest package because it has the most value, right? The best deal, the best value. So just a couple examples of how you can do that. If you know that you are nowhere near um, making the $2,000 a month that you wanna be making in your photography business, as an example, um, and you're needing like 50 clients to get there, that is insane. That is what she means by you are gonna tap out of people. That is way too much work. So what you need to be doing at that point is Reevaluating your packages and your pricing. And in order to bring them up, we've got to look at what is in your packages. What are you offering? How can you make that have value? And so um, we can dive in deep to that. I have several podcast episodes where we talk about this. So you can definitely go back and listen to an older episode. But that's what she means is don't just say, okay, I'm charging $50 now. Let's just raise it up to 400 and nothing changes. You've obviously got to make sure that the value is there um, and that it is covering your expenses as well. So hopefully I covered that well. Yes.
1: yes and you started touching on things that I wanted to, I'm going to, I'm going to switch almost from the numbers and you'll have to pull me back because I'm, I'm going to blur business coaching here. And then also just share um, as a consumer, I'm not a photographer, right? And I can't take my own pictures and I'm a person that, that values service providers. And I really fully understand everything that goes into that. You know, like I think about how long it took for you to sit on a call with me and figure out what you want, how, how much back and forth we did logistically before we ever showed up at the place to take the pictures. The fact that you had to drive there and plan X, Y, and Z, I think about that stuff. And um, I am, I want to kind of give you guys permission to as a consumer that people are not always I would say at all your ideal clients are not price shopping they're value shopping. So they the sometimes if you charge too little it might feel good like okay I'm getting a deal but I don't even love that as a consumer because I want to pay you enough to where you give me that attention that I want and you give me that uh, service and experience that I want. So um a lot of that can just like be a shift in mindset to like, I need to start charging this elite package. And how do I make that experience feel so good that my clients are raving about me and telling other people about me and, and just make a great experience. So it's not at all keeping your price low. That's, going to help you speak to the people that you really want to work with and I can just attest for that as somebody on the, the swiping side of it like I want that higher level service and so if I were shopping for a photographer for like a branding session and they were going to charge me 200 versus the one that had it all lined out for a branding session and made me feel like she would she understood what I wanted and would deliver I don't want to save the money I want to get the premium product So that was just while you were talking about it, I was going like, yes, yes, yes. Increase the value, increase the service. And then most importantly, talk to that. So yeah, raising prices is huge in raising your profit because it's typically where you need to go. But you also need to be keeping track of what's coming in and out so that you know, if you're profiting enough. And you asked what mistakes people make on this side of things and I would say that there's several and the ones that I'll say first are not treating your business like a business and not keeping track of the numbers are really big ones. So we can just probably take those two and run with them. And the first one I said, um, not treating your business like a business One of the first easiest things that you can do that will make a very big change if you're not doing this already, and probably a lot of you aren't because I've spoken to so many starting entrepreneurs at this point, right now, get out a piece of paper, go into your notes and set yourself a reminder to open up a business-only checking account, period. Like do that today. You can do it online. You don't have to leave the house. You do want to shop around for the one that fits you and you want to make sure that you're avoiding fees or minimizing them. So some banks have minimum amounts that you need to keep in the bank for it to be a true business checking account with no fees. I used to say that it was okay to just separate it and just come up with another personal checking account And while you may be able to do that if you're just a sole proprietor, I don't recommend it because I want you to play the long game and I want you to really envision success in your business. And if you are going to become a successful business owner, you don't do that by thinking that maybe one day you're going to make enough money to justify the business bank account. You do that by committing to the fact that you are going to be a successful business owner and you open the business checking account. And then you go out there and you do the things that you need to do to get the sales and increase your prices so that even if there's a fee, you're paying for it. But one of the biggest reasons you want this business-only checking account is it makes everything so simple so that you can see what's really going in and out. So when people are paying you, you want to be depositing those sales into your business checking account. And then anything that you're paying for the business, pay through that account. You can get a separate credit card if you want, start earning points and pay that card off through the business checking. But again, you want these things to be all just business. And so if you're going to keep it simple and just start with a checking account, you'll use your debit card for when you pay for parking and you will attach that debit card to your softwares and subscriptions and you'll pay for your courses and your materials through your business checking account. And then that way, even if you didn't do the next thing that I'm going to tell you to do, which is monthly bookkeeping, even if you didn't do that, At the end of the year, all you would need to do is print your 12 statements and you would have all of your income and all of your expenses in one place.
0: I love what you said. Two things I want to point out. Number one, absolutely, please, please, please go get a separate business account. I see too many of you making the mistake of playing it safe, although you're really not. You're playing a dangerous game. Um, so definitely get the business account or, again, the separate personal checking account if you just absolutely have to go that route, okay? I don't care what you do, but separate. That's, that's the homework. Number two, uh, I love the mindset that you're giving though of quit playing on the line of if I am successful or if I'm not it's no you go two feet in like you've got to jump in with both feet you've got to you know play the long game and that's where we've done a lot of mindset work in my group here lately and I think people are starting to figure out that you've got to be all in in your mind in your actions and then the sales come after that so I just I wanted to point that out I I love that so much It's
1: so true and so I've been talking about this subject now for a couple of years and when I first started I think I was more in that, like if it works stage and I definitely pinched pennies in the be- the beginning of my business. And it's something that no matter what level you're at, you're always working on and working through. But when I go back and I read some of that advice, I'm like, no, that's nonsense. Like I just don't, I can't give that advice anymore because I don't believe it. So um, making that change and I got goosebumps when you were talking about it. It's like dramatic, but really, because making that change constantly gut checking yourself and saying why where where's this decision coming from like am i opening up a personal checking account in case this doesn't work that is like a weighted bag that you're carrying around of that's the thing that if you just dropped that your business would already do 10 times better you have to stop carrying that around stop the what if so the only reason i really think anybody wouldn't open a business checking account is that they're carrying that around So I I just don't give that advice anymore. You're going to have a successful business. I see successful businesses. I'm a bookkeeper. Trust me, I've got my hand in all kinds of different companies, and I see what all types of industries are capable of doing even now. So there's no reason why you can't succeed, and the doubt – is going to be the thing that stops you. And keeping track of things in a messy way because you're not taking it seriously affects every aspect of your business. So if you just do this one big girl thing, sorry, I talk to women a lot. If you just do this one big girl thing and you separate it, it's going to be game changing. And then it the rest becomes easy because you're doing this one really big step of separating it. It just becomes so much clearer. And what I want to talk about too is if you're mixing things, you're likely going to pay too much in taxes because you're going to miss deductions. You're not going to remember the time that you paid for parking. And it adds up. It adds up a lot. Those little $10 charges, they come off of what you owe in taxes, and then you pay less in taxes. And if you're at like a 30% bracket, just that $10 is another $3 of taxes that you waste by losing that slip. So you, you want to keep track of, of what you're spending, and that was a good little um, slip of the mouth that I had. I don't keep track of parking receipts. You don't need to keep track of receipts that are clear what the purpose is and less than $75, but you do need to have it in your bank statement. So if you're paying for the parking on your debit card, you're not going to miss that, and you're not going to need to keep the receipt. So all you need to do is know that it happened. Isn't that nice? Now you can ditch the shoebox because you're not trying to keep track of all the personal and business expenses separately because it's being done just by swiping the correct card. I so love that. that's one thing. Yeah, that, that's a big thing. When, when you lose track of what you spent, you overpay in taxes. You pay enough in taxes. They don't need any more of your money like keep track of it, keep your expenses. And then the other thing is you're really going to know how you're doing. So you're going to really be able to say that $50 if you paid 10 in parking is now 40 <laughs> right off the bat. So I'm going back to your example of when you were charging $50. So, Okay. So, um, <laughs> okay. so the, the next thing is I get this question a lot, like after you open up your bank account, what if your business is spending more than it's making right now and sometimes that's going to happen and again that's okay because all businesses have startup costs and you're learning along the way but if you need to fund it and you're saying like but my personal or my my job pays for these supplies just make a transfer just write yourself a check whatever you need to do to put money into that bank account and if it gets low again do it again and that exercise of transferring that money too will make you want to make more in sales so that you can stop doing that it'll feel different than just swiping from your personal account and then the alternative which is when your business is making enough to where that's how you're paying for your life and you need money to pay for your personal stuff you just transfer it back or write yourself a check And that's more if you are a sole proprietor, which means that your business is not a corporation or a partnership. And I would say that most, most photography businesses are sole proprietors. Would you say that that's true?
0: Uh, Yes. And I just changed to a single member LLC last year. So.
1: yeah. Yeah. And this can get a little, a little bit techy. So I want to let everybody know that I have some great blogs on my site where you can dive into this more. And it's katieferro.com. And there's one specific to LLCs and S Corps. That's katieferro.com slash blog slash S Corp. And the S is like S as in SAM or small business, S Corp. Even as a single member LLC, you're still taxed as a sole proprietor. So everything stays the same there. You just are able to become an S Corp later and save money in taxes when you start to make probably around the six-figure profit mark, not just sales. And then you have a little bit more legal separation. So it's great to get an LLC. It's great to do that right from the beginning, even for anybody who's just starting. It's good to do that and then to go and open your um, business checking account with the name of the LLC and the EIN and if you are like whoa slow down you can go again to my site and go to katieferro.com slash checklist and I have a starting a biz checklist that walks you through those steps so it'll tell you get your LLC get your EIN open a bank account think about your bookkeeping talk to somebody when you start making enough profit it really breaks it down so that's a great resource don't get overwhelmed
0: Awesome. Okay. I do want to interrupt you for one quick second before we dive into the next thing, which I'm so excited about. I know that there are several people that are not running a legal business and I'm not shaming them, but I really want to point this out. What are you going to tell the mom who thinks she's just dabbling in doing photography? She's not really making that much money. Does she really have to go register her business and pay taxes on it? Oh, that's a doozy. How do I say this? Kindly, because I get it.
1: But also firmly, because the thing is, like, you're meant for so much more than that, you know, and it's playing small, and it's playing risky. And I think, again, this kind of comes back to the, my business isn't going to be successful enough thing. You have to charge enough to cover taxes. That's it. Increase the sales to cover taxes. And then also know that if you play that game, are you probably going to get away with it? Yeah, you're probably going to get away with it, but you're also going to be playing really small and you could do so much more by just registering. And instead of playing small to fly under the radar of paying taxes what if you play big and you had more than enough money to pay for taxes and you were able to just grow like one is contracting and one is expanding and go there yeah and that's what i would say it's again like mindset stuff because chances are you'll get away with it and that being said Yeah, When it comes time to like buy a house or anything, you're going to be limited in the types of things that you can do if you're not claiming your business legitimately and it will hold you back from living the life that you actually want to live.
0: Uh yeah, I can speak to that firsthand. Okay, we won't even get into that on this topic. But yes, I've been in that situation, and it wasn't necessarily because I wasn't claiming taxes. It's just we'll just get there later. I don't even want to go on that rant. It's a long, long story. But uh, we should do only, like a nine-part series, <laughs> right? Literally, we could. Um. So the only other thing that I want to say on top of that, I think that was a wonderful, beautiful answer. I love that you tied it back to mindset. But I also want to say it's really not fair to this industry for you to sit there and not be a registered business. Just if everyone's already doing it and doing it the right way, just be a team player and do it the right way. I know it's not fun. I know it can be scary. When I first started, um, when I stopped dabbling as a teenager in it and really made it a legitimate business, I actually get so excited and proud of myself because then it is a legitimate business. It's no longer me telling people, Oh, I just take pictures on the side. It's like, no, I'm, I'm a photography business and it is profitable and you know, I, I pay taxes on it, but it's awesome. So Um, I just I'm glad we got through all of that because I really want to dive into and I know it doesn't sound like a sexy topic, but I literally nerd out and get so excited about what we're diving into next is how to track it and what amazing tool Katie has for us to track it because um, literally I get to do this today. I meant to do it yesterday, I ran out of time, but I'm gonna go close out my August and see how much money I made. And I literally get so excited. And I'll go back three months and I'll watch it either rise or fall a little bit. And it's just it's so exciting. I love it. Okay, Katie, tell us what you have for us.
1: <laughs> you got me all excited, still like swirling from what you just said about devaluing like the industry too. You know, you're yeah. devaluing the industry, but you're also you're also putting yourself like down lower. And when, when you do that, like the clients who are going to pay you a lot and be really excited to work for you, they're not even going to really relate. Like I don't work with anybody who I can tell is doing things under the table because that's not That's not the kind of person that I really want to work with. So if somebody's like, just pay me, and this could be its own thing, but like, just pay me in Venmo or just pay me in in this, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We'll go over here to this person who's running it better and probably delivers a better product is the way that I look at it. So, yes, let's talk about the tracking. And I loved that you said that you were going to do that yesterday. Just so everyone knows, we're recording this on the second of the month. And so yesterday was the 1st of September, and you are – wanting to dive in and see how you did in August. And I did this too. I I love to, like, I close the month and then I immediately go into how did I do, you know? And so I was looking at my books yesterday. And once you have a really good system in place, it is fun because it's it's like a game. Like, how did I do this month? And um, so I'll talk about how to track it and then I'll talk about what to do When the thought of that makes you want to throw up a little bit, because there is a level of realizing that it can be easy, but also ripping off the bandaid of like, how is this going to feel? I'm nervous to see. I I don't want to do this exercise because of what it might show me. So I'll talk about all of those kind of things. But before I get into that, I'll tell you what it looks like. It's easy. So I told you before, sales minus costs equals profit. And I said, just put everything in one business bank account. So when August is over and September rolls around, you can go back and see how you did in August. And it's as simple as pulling up that statement and putting down what your sales were, what your costs were. And then I have a spreadsheet where you just enter in the date and the amount and you choose from a drop down box an income category and an expense category, which we're going to talk about what those are, but you just pick them from a drop-down box and then the spreadsheet goes boom and it calculates for you, no math involved what your total sales were and then it breaks it down to by category. And then it even color codes and highlights what your highest income earner was. And then it will show you your expenses by category and similarly show you what your highest expense was. So you know where most of your money is going. Then it'll take your total sales minus your total expenses tell you what the profit is. If it's a profit, hopefully it is. And then it, this also will show you what your profit percentage is, which is just your profit divided by your sales. Don't worry about the formula. It'll do it for you. And it tells you basically how many cents you got to keep per dollar of sales. So if you sold a hundred dollar thing and you have a 40% profit margin, you kept $40. And you want to know that just to be able to, just to be able to benchmark against yourself, really. And then um, it'll go even one step further. You can put in a tax savings percentage so you can estimate what your taxes percentage will be at the end of the year. And then it'll take the profit for the month, multiply it by that tax percentage and tell you how much to set aside for taxes so that you don't get blindsided at the end of the year with your tax bill.
0: Oh, Oh my gosh, this is my favorite. I'm over here like nerding out. And I know not everybody likes numbers, but, and I I didn't either. I used, one thing I love about your spreadsheet and I love telling people this is I hated QuickBooks. I hated using all of that. Like I absolutely can't stand that. Um, I was tired of the monthly payment and I would never remember to go back in and use it. It wasn't pretty. It was complicated, all the things. And so then you presented me with this amazing solution that's color-coded, and I I just geek out over that, but I love like right there. So I typically will go in, um, and so wh- like you said, on September 1st, I could go back and do the whole month if I want to. I do make it easier on myself, and every other Friday I do this, so typically I'm doing two weeks at a time, make it a little faster, and I like to benchmark myself mid-month, see if there's anything I need to launch or release to make up for some income and expenses, Anyway, all that to say, I love this and I will tell you the number one reason your spreadsheet has helped me so much is I used to wait until the end of the year, have to spread out all my statements, all my receipts and papers and try to do it all together and I would literally be in tears for three days putting it all together for my CPA to go drop it off to her and now I have the awesome ability to share this template with her and she looks at exactly what she needs and she takes it and runs with it and I'm done. So come January 1, I'm going to literally throw myself some confetti in the air and send this off because I don't have to sit there for, you know, three days in tears and sweatpants trying to organize it. We already did it.
1: (laughs) Those are such great points. And um, when you get your books, like when you have books to give to your tax preparer and you do it early, you become a priority client. So you're going to get your stuff done because they work the same way as anybody else. They're like, this person's a mess. Let's get all the clean people done. Let's get all the early people done. And then if you owe, you have time to start budgeting for that for one. And if you are due a refund, you get it sooner. Isn't that nice? And then you just get that bandwidth in your mind back because you're not laying in bed every night going, I still have to do my taxes. Because even I do that just to be totally transparent. Even I have had times where I'm like, Oh, I've got to go back and, and get my taxes ready. Like I've got to go in and get this done. Um, so you can share this spreadsheet with your tax person. I always recommend having somebody that does your taxes, and I don't do them anymore. I do have recommendations. Um, if you want, we can like give a little resource for who I recommend. Okay. But if you have something simple like this, then they're going to be able to strategize with you. You can give this to them like mid-year and say, have I saved enough for my taxes? You can tell them your whole scenario. Um, if you are looking to buy a house and you want to know like, am I claiming enough? Or if you want to know, am I setting aside the right amount of taxes or what should I pay in this quarter? You can give this to them and then you can save on your accounting because this part is going to be done and this is the hard part. Like taxes are, are their own beast. You have to know the strategy behind it, but there's a lot of CPAs who don't want to get in and clean up your books any more than you do. So this will help them be able to work on the stuff that really matters. And I forgot to mention that this has a tab for each month. So you alluded to that, but it has a tab for each month. So you can go in and fill out and look at how you did this month. And then I like to do this with like goal setting. So you just, we just finished August. So you'll look back like, how did I do in August? But it's the beginning of September. And now you can say, what can I do differently in September? And you can plan that. And then when September's over, you can look and see how you actually did. Because what good are setting goals if you're not going back and measuring them? And even if you're setting sales goals, are they the thing that's really changing your life? Because I see a lot of people who are making those sales goals, but life isn't changing. They're still not able to quit their job. They may even be working more than ever because they're working both a day job and on the business that they're trying to get started. But the business is sucking money from the day job. And guess what that unfortunately gets you? farther from your goal. You're working more and you have less money. That is the exact opposite of what you want to do. So when you keep track of this and what, how long does this take you?
0: Honestly, let's just say realistically, cause I've done this before that I do a whole month at once, maybe 30 minutes to 45 minutes under an hour, right. less than an hour for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody tells me
1: it's under an hour and I do have a lot of people who it becomes addictive. So like you're saying you do it twice a month. I do. I know um, someone else does it every Friday and they love it. Like I call them money meetings so that it sounds way more fun than doing your bookkeeping. You're going in, you're seeing how you did, and then you're asking yourself questions. And another resource that I have is I think if you, if you get the checklist, you just get subscribed to my email list. Um, You can also go just for bookkeeping reminders and you can go to katiefair.com slash membership. And every month I send out like, it's time to do your books. Here are the steps to take. And then here are the questions to ask yourself so that you can like see, do I increase sales? Do I cut costs? Did I pay for something that I didn't mean to pay for? If you catch that stuff early, even if you catch it a little bit later, but if you catch it early, that some free trial turned into a subscription, you can email that company and they will 99% of the time refund you your money. So I put in there, are there any refunds that you need to get? And then now save your taxes and set your goals. And, and it's possible, like everybody's always saying, like, increase your goals, increase your goals. But you may get to this beautiful point where you say, I did so great and I am going to cruise next month. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing and nothing extra. And I'm going to enjoy what I just built. And so you don't always have to be leveling up your goals but this is just a great way to really see how you're actually doing. And then it's got, like you said, quarterly summaries. So you can go in and it's going to compile it for you. It just pulls from all those tabs and it'll show you like a condensed version of what January, February, and March looked like and so forth. And then there's one for the end of the year too, which your tax preparer can use for your taxes or if you're still doing it yourself, you can do that too. Another thing to note about this is that Once you get it, you can make a copy and use it for your second business. You can um, use it for the following year. You can go back and catch up 2019 if for some reason you still haven't filed. And you can do 2020, 2021, however that works. And I do enhance it based on what I'm hearing from people. So like the tax savings is new. And when you join, this is hosted in Kajabi. So you can log into my site. And you'll be able to get access to the upgraded versions as well. So once you're in, you're in, in this community.
0: Oh my goodness. I love this so much. I'm going to give you guys a link and hook you up with this at the end of the show. Also, it'll be in the show notes and you can always just DM me. But for those of you that are like, okay, listen, I'm sold. I need to start doing this. I want to start having money meetings on Fridays with myself and see how I'm doing in my business. Then I want to talk about some of the specific things inside of her spreadsheet really quickly. And specifically, I want to tailor it to photographers because when you purchase this, you're going to be getting um, a demo. Okay. So like she's just got examples in there. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go in there and you're going to basically personalize it for yourself. So one thing that I was asking Katie earlier was on the sales side of the spreadsheet She talked about there's drop down income categories and obviously the examples, you probably don't need the examples. So you're going to change these out. And so what she brought up and I thought it was fabulous is there's a couple of options that you can do. Okay, so for me, I would do types of sessions if I wanted to keep track of. All right, I am a baby photographer, so maybe I want to track fresh 48s and births newborn, and then maybe whatever else you do. So you can have your different types of sessions as those categories. Another thing that you could do is you could break it up just in general and have your retainers as a category and then have your sessions. So like the, everybody else that pays for your sessions in general, you could have that in there. And then the third category would be if you are selling print products. So you can kind of keep track of that. And you can have as many income categories as you want to. I like to keep it simple, um, but you can go like, if you want to be elaborate and have 10 categories, have 10 categories. So I just wanted to point that out. because at first, if you look at the demo and you've never kept track of your stuff, you're probably going to sit there and think to yourself, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to put here. What do I put here? So I just wanted to help with that. And then the other thing really quickly is on the cost She has expense categories, and I'll be honest, there's some categories that you won't need. Just delete them, and there's some categories that you're going to wish you had, and so just add them in. That's the beauty of her spreadsheet is you can absolutely change things around. So what do you want to speak on about that, Katie?
1: Yeah, I would say that it's so great to see your income by category. It's one of the things that I love to do for my clients is show them where their money is coming from so that they can decide, like, is this where I want it to come from? And maybe it'll pull out for you things that you haven't realized. Like, I I gave an example when we were talking privately about a photographer that I know who offers a few different niche services. One is adoption photography, one is family portraits, and the other is branding. So she looks at her numbers, and she realized Branding is bringing me so much, but I'm always speaking to adoption photography. And even though adoption photography is something that she's very passionate about, she still weaves it in, but she has shifted her message to show the real value in the branding where she's just attracting a different level service for whatever reason that is for her that's working really well. And so shifting to marketing more to what's happening without her trying so hard allowed her to make even more money. So that's great. But if you don't want to see categories or if you don't have any other categories, you can just delete it and put sales too. So you're just putting in income and you can even make that simpler. So if you're printing your statement, you can just take the total deposits and drop it into sales. You don't even have to show each and every line item. I find there's a lot of value in looking down to that level. So that's why I have this in here, but you can work it in an easier way. And yeah, with the expenses, expenses are, are big because you want to know what your costs are and how much it's eating into your profit and if there's anything that that you can cut back. So there's like office supplies and it'll show you and that, you know, whatever that may be for you, whatever your highest category would be, it'll summarize it. So you see office supplies, but then you'll be able to see the detail and see like what, what was that? And then you'll go, Oh, okay. I bought a printer this month, but I'm not going to buy a printer next month. So it's fine. You know, And, and you'll be able to see where the money came in and out of.
0: Yeah, I do have one quick photographer related question with an expense category and just looking for your for your best advice. So um, one of like the newest trends or, you know, with what we do with photography is we have client closets where we will purchase wardrobe for our clients to wear to their sessions. Um, so you can see my my client closet rack over there. I personally don't wear those. They're just for clients to use. Would this fall under props or would we need a completely different category? I'm just kind of curious how that would work in this expense category. Do you offer this to everybody? Yes.
1: You know, some of these categories are things that you'll give it a name so that you can identify and know for your purposes. Mm-hmm. And then the person who does your taxes is going to put it in, in something different, maybe. Yes. So if props make sense to you, then you can put it in that where it'll fall on your tax return is probably a cost of goods sold, which means that it's something that you purchase that is included in your service costs. But that's like a techie answer. So for you, I think props works. It's going to come off and reduce what you pay in taxes no matter where it is on the return okay. and that'll come down and, and lower your profit, but also lower your taxes, which okay. is good too.
0: That is good. Yeah. And I was just curious, we've been putting it under props just because my CP- I asked my CPA this question, but I was curious what your answer was. And specifically for me, she knows where to put it. Um, and she told me right. this, like, and she did, she said the same thing you did. She said, I don't care what you put on those categories. I'll decide at the end where they really do fall for me and the techie side of that. And so, anyway, I was just curious because that is something that is a big commonality and expense that a lot of us share. So, I just wanted to clarify that. So,
1: yeah, I think one of the biggest things for that is that's kind of freeing, right? Because you can mess around with the categories and you can't mess it up too much. At the end of the year, she's going to see a list of your categories and then she'll say okay this goes here on the tax return that goes there and we'll call this that instead but the biggest thing is you want to be just consistent with what you call it so that as you're going month over month you can compare that um, that amount and you don't want to call it props in one month and then clothes in another and have that go to two different expense categories because you want to see the big picture of what's being spent which is why looking at these by categories really helps because you might have purchased 15 items and it might feel like five, $10 at a time. And then it ends up being something a little bit more substantial when you're looking at the month or year in total. And, And that's where you can start to just make adjustments. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you stop doing it, but you realize that that's costing you more than you felt like it was when you're purchasing one item at a time. And you know that you've got to increase your prices to cover that.
0: Yes. So good. Okay. Well, I covered what I wanted to on your spreadsheet. Is there anything else that you want to, to touch on?
1: I think we covered most of the good stuff. And then I, I dished out a lot of different resources, but I do want to invite everybody also into my Facebook group, which is the Profit Pursuit Community on Facebook, where I also give the monthly reminders. And when you do join You want to join either like get the checklist or the membership because when you start you'll get a sequence of emails that are really helpful i think there's like 18 emails and they have a lot of quick tips and refer back to blogs and so it'll take you on this like little journey of learning the questions and answers that i have gotten a lot over the last couple of years
0: yeah thank you so much for those resources i know um for me i actually am already on your email list and i find them so helpful and i actually your emails are some of the only ones that i open consistently so there's that that's a high compliment <laughs> yeah
1: i don't i don't do when you first sign up you're going to get those emails i think it's like twice a week for 9 weeks so that you can slowly just open you know i'm not going to bombard you with all of the information but i was thoughtful in the order that i put them in and the way that i delivered the message and resources so i go over things like Um, steps that you can take to keep it simple. And then I share resources as well. So like, check out this credit card and check out this savings account. And here's how you can avoid paying interest on your credit cards, things like that, just common questions that I get. But then once you're through that sequence, it's really just the monthly reminders, unless I have something extra that I really want to share, but they're they're non-spam emails.
0: Yes. We appreciate that. So that's a really, really good resource. um, And I highly recommend you guys sign up for one of the things, at least go get the checklist and make sure, even if you've been in business for a while, that you actually do have everything set up the way that you need it to. I found that really helpful as well. And then, like I said, I will link you guys to the spreadsheet um, and so I also am probably going to go ahead and give y'all just a quick landing page to get there so you can click. Cause I know some of you listen to this and it's not on iTunes and the show notes are funky. So if you guys want to go to brookjefferson.com slash profit, let's do that slash profit. Awesome. Okay. Katie, where can we follow along with you online? I think the Facebook group is the best because if you
1: follow on Instagram, you're going to get a lot of stuff geared towards bookkeepers at this point. But I um, I do have Instagram, which is at orderly accounting by Katie.
0: Perfect. You'll get to see
1: my kids there too.
0: Yay. Oh my goodness, this was jam packed full of information. I certainly hope people listen to this to the end. I know there was a ton of information, but it is so good to have one podcast now that I can, you know, bring people to to listen to it and get what they need to sort it out. And I just appreciate your time and all of your knowledge today.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely.